All right, guys, welcome to episode number 12 of After Dinner Mints. Nolan here. For 13, can you get some uh, sultry women uh, voices, female voices into this one? To, Maybe. To, to, to like, talk over the music a little bit? Possibly. Right. Why? <laughs> Just try to branch out a little bit, you know. There's T. Uh, Jay, again. So, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to do a little intro here. Jay's on our uh, second podcast in a row here. So, Jay and I go way back fucking 28 years and uh holy shit it is yeah it's a long fucking time uh halfway through kindergarten um yeah so we go way the fuck back so jay is for all intents and purposes uh you know with the exception of one person who i've literally known since i was zero um my oldest friend by far your mother's womb. Yeah, I was gonna say you can't count your mom's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> no, my boy, my 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 friend Nick, I've known since uh, since we were both infants. Is Nick what your mom calls her womb or her vagina? Yes, is. Nick Onwin, actually. Oh, um, I actually know that. I know your mom's vagina. Good old, <laughs> good old Nick the Veg. So Jay has a quite an interesting fucking story over the past couple of years, and we're just gonna let him fucking take it away. Wow. Uh, I don't know where to start. I actually, I know exactly where to start. Um, I'll probably bounce around a little bit. So uh, I find myself visiting the state of New Jersey today for the first time in a long time after I fled to the West Coast following a uh, tumultuous, shitty, terrible week uh, in October of 2015 that saw my identity get stolen, my fiance sleep with another man, my house get taken away, uh, and my dog die. Uh, over the course of eight days, maybe it was seven, uh, although I wouldn't actually find out about all of that until uh, a couple if months If there's later. another PTSD candidate in the room, <laughs> you're fucking sitting across from him. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jesus. So I was good, just, good times were had by all. Outside, I was just, we were, we were talking about uh, about such things, and I probably need to find some, some actual help one day, like a, a psychologist or something. General uh, therapist. Yeah, a general therapist. They, they honestly, hopefully, hopefully, this could be a cathartic experience. I, I can say I was like one of the biggest... Uh, what am I looking for? Naysayers. Naysayers when it came to therapy. And uh, I'll be goddamned if this fucking charlatan didn't help me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, um, I came back to New Jersey uh, just a couple of days ago after trekking almost 3,000 miles across country uh, with a backpack um, and a laptop. Uh, I, um, wow, my entire life, if you had a, a year ago now, a year ago today, if you had asked me what I would be doing or like what was going on in my life and how I expected it to play out, it would be 1 million percent uh, different than this. Uh, but I guess, I guess it's actually for the better now. Um, I, I've uh, found amazing fucking things that have happened in this terrible tragedy. And uh, it, it's kind of starting to make sense to me. Like it's, it's coming into, you know, it's coming clear and it's a little more, uh, a little more cohesive and uh, I'm accepting of it now of uh, my life being destroyed. So, so fucking vehemently by these terrible scumbags. Uh, anyway, so um, yes, yeah, so I'm I guess I'm gonna just go ahead and, and mention the weed vaporizer juice because I feel like that's plays a role in this. Uh, well, um, uh, not particularly a name or brand. I don't know how the how to really play this one. We might have to cut some of this out for a second. Uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I wouldn't play around with anything that may potentially incriminate any parties. I've incriminated myself uh, many times on the internet's and other places so far. This is the least incriminating uh, exposure. All right, go I mean, then have at it. <laughs> I, uh, uh, yeah. So, um, okay. 
Uh, I, I begin my comic book story um, with weed vapor. No, uh, I, I found myself a year ago. A long time um, ago in a galaxy far, far away. A, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Approximately 18 months ago, uh, needing money to help pay some bills and uh, turning to the, the underground internet to sell illicit medicines, um, which were uh, of the weed variety. And um, this is all kind of irrelevant uh, for, for the most part and for a while until uh, it, you realize this is, well, this is actually, I guess the reason I mentioned this is because this is the catalyst for this, uh, this shit, this uh, identity theft, and is probably the only reason anybody would actually want to steal my identity at this point. Um, prior to this, uh, I mean, my credit was terrible. Uh, my credit was shit. I was, I was an alcoholic for a couple of years, so like bills were not my friend. Um, it was just starting to rebound. Like I was proud of my 600 credit score. 600 is like, it's pretty terrible. Now it's like 497 <laughs> or something. I'm like six Ooh. points above the, uh, this is after, this is after many people have had their sure. hands in my credit besides myself. Um, my proud 600 score is so far away now. Uh, yeah. So the only real reason I can actually, uh, you know, people would ever want to, uh, to impersonate that life or take it over. I can imagine is, uh, thanks to Bitcoin and some, some, uh, silly little part-time job that turned into what I guess a career for me now or a business. So I guess two just, businesses. just a heads up in case anybody doesn't know what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is internet money. It is anonymous internet uh, coins. It is anonymous. It is uh, primarily used or known for um, its use in drug deals on the internet. Yeah. Uh, but However, the, it is a it is a recognized digital currency. It is. And it's not considered official tender by not just drug deals though i mean you can also buy white infants oh yeah i mean it's limitless (laughs) you can buy car i mean there's all kinds of places that more and more places pop up that take it but it's a it's a digital currency it's not officially recognized by the government but it can be used for transactions and you know its value fluctuates just like any other currency internet traded traded for real currency at any time well the irs actually took a, a stance on it and uh let let it be known that you can get taxed on uh, certain, like uh, certain dealings with Bitcoin are now taxable by their laws. So I guess it's becoming legit. But anyway, it at the time was uh, internet nerd money. Um, it was just computer <laughs> money, and uh, um, there's ways to sell it. It's like a stock, I guess. Uh, so I was poor in uh, TransUnion and Equifax credit scores and uh, real world belongings, but rich in fake internet money at the time. And uh, that is, I guess, how this whole thing started. So, um, so yeah, I, uh, I found myself in a one-week period last year losing my entire life, uh, having my identity stolen, my fiancé being evicted, and my dog dying. Like, the, basically, like, the, the Armageddon of terrible things that could happen to me happened to me um, over the course of the first week of October last year, all at once, back to back to back to back. I, uh, there was a point when I was, like, quit drinking. I said, like, when my dog passes away, like this is going to be like the thing I'm fucking freaking out about. Like I'm terrified that I'm going to go and start drinking again because the dog is going to die. So the dog died. And then the next day, um, we start just screaming. My, my fiance and I were just having it out and she was just really not a fan of me anymore. And I decided to take a break and leave and, and, uh, flee the state of New Jersey for a little while to go visit friends in Las Vegas. And she would, uh, invite a man into our house who went ahead and cashed 48 checks against my bank account uh, in my name for thousands of dollars and, uh, steal my passwords, steal my homemade sex tapes, steal any kind of thing that would be private that you would 
anything that you would you know imagine as your your private uh your private life. This uh, like anything on your computer was taken. Subject oh, yeah. to fucking thievery and I, uh, broadcast. I now. So, so yeah. So basically, you move out. You you, you temporarily at least move out west, mm-hmm. and you're. While while you're out west, your fiance has some skeevy little scumbag pop up in your house. Yeah, it was it was actually a friend of hers that that she had known for a couple of years. So that's why that's why it kind of like blurs the line in terms of like how uh, how much she may have you know how much this may have been planned or whatever. Uh, something I just don't know. But yes, it doesn't even matter. Really. It doesn't. Yeah, nope. yeah. I mean, basically, it's just like you know some weasley little scumbag fiance's involvement to some level. You know what I mean? And. This little fucker has access to everything you have on a computer. Yeah, I I think that he like I mean I I guess he was in love with it. Feels like he was like in love with her, and he wanted to like con, like assume my life, like literally probably just have me kill myself and slide I, on into my life. Only I call he's that like, the uh, friend in waiting. Oh yeah, the friend that's in the waiting. That's the friend in waiting. Mm. That's the guy that's always around. You know what I mean? You get in an argument with your girl. Oh, you shouldn't be dealing with that. You don't have to put up with that. You're too yeah. good for him. The white you know? knight. Yeah, exactly. And then as soon as something goes wrong. He tries to fucking squeeze up in there and see if he can tag a little action. Actually, I, I remember so well the last time I saw him uh, and the last time I, when I actually left that morning, a friend of mine had come over to uh, help me get some of my like, things out that I would need to go and, and stay in Las Vegas, some clothes, whatever it was. And uh, he was there maybe an hour after I left, uh, left the house that morning. It was 7.30, 8.30 in the morning, and he was, he was there already. And I like walked into the house and I saw him on the bed uh, in our bedroom and they were just like sitting there laughing or something. I, who knows what? Uh, so much of this is like um, is told through uh, a blind white rage, like a white hot rage that I had at the time. Uh, so it's really hard to recall. But was this before you knew shit was up? Or oh what? yeah, this was this was just my dog died. At this point, my dog died, and I was just depressed as fuck. Uh, I had a twelve year old pit bull that I adopted and uh, had her with my for my entire like you know my entire adult life. Uh, she was my she was my buddy. She was my best friend. She was my kid. So I your, your cried dog like dies a. And- no, in our bed. She was in our bed, in oh, our bedroom. Well, well, yeah, even worse. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, about an hour after I left the house, um, on terrible terms with her. Yeah. Uh, so they get up and they like they come out and they're talking awkwardly. And uh, he actually, I now remember him telling me that he uh, had cancer and he was undergoing like this uh, this chemotherapy that is not existing. It doesn't doesn't really exist. So uh, anyway, um, he told me a couple things that morning, and one of them was when I was carrying a box out, a box of my. I think it was like books and uh, just small things I would need for like the next week or two to not be in that house. He he helped me carry something out to the car that morning, and he said, he said, "Listen, man, I know you guys have had a tough time about it recently, but I want you to know that I'm here for I'm here for you, and I'm here for her, and I'm on your side. I, like she's going to talk a lot about a lot of shit about you, but I'm going to back you up. Like we're like we're men, we stick together. Like I got your back. I want you guys to stay together. I'm your friend. Don't worry about this. Like I got you. You're okay." And that was the last thing he actually ever. That was the last moment I saw him. Yeah, I automatically don't fucking trust anybody yeah, who says. I feel something like, like any that to real me. man doesn't say, "I'm a man. We're both men, and we'll stick together." Yeah, there's no such thing as fucking bro code with some dude you barely know. True. Um, well, and even if there was, like anybody that's going to subscribe to that bro code, you know what I mean, isn't going to a say bro code, right? And b like make a point of being like make hey, a point of letting men, you fucking we'll stick know. together. Yeah. Yeah. So. They're actually, I mean, I, I had known this guy uh, from a couple years earlier. We had like one or two interactions as a... We had gone to school together for years. Oh, I didn't, I didn't fucking know him at all. But then. we were like, he yeah. was sort of peripheral. Yeah, because he's like two feet tall as an adult. So, yeah, uh, and yeah. he was in and out and, you know, whatever. 
So, um, in and out, <laughs> in and out of fucking the school. Yeah, or, in and out of school, in and out of being involved with people. You know, I've known him for oh, fucking, in and out of the clique. Ever. Well, in and out of the school, too. He was there, he was gone, he was there, he was gone. Gotcha. Fucking, but, you know, he'd always been like a peripheral character in our larger fucking... A satellite friend. Uh, I wouldn't call him a satellite friend, a satellite but a satellite person. Somebody satellite who's... satellite fellow student in school. I, I, <laughs> someone, who I you're, someone who you're aware of, but sure, isn't fucking, sure. you know... I knew him because of Roll Call. I knew his name by Roll Call. How we were. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I would later come to find out so many things about this that uh, just kind of like build up onto his character. Like his father is an active member of the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, that is a thing. Oh yeah. Um, his father is still. The Klan uh, is actually active in Jersey right now. Oh man. Yeah. Have you been? That to, seems insane. The Klan has a large pocket of like uh, support in Delaware. Delaware is a crazy racist. Really? Town. North racist Jersey. State. I know. Was it? Was yeah. it like out the west? Pines, South Port- Jersey, Portland. Right? Isn't yeah. like Portland like skinhead capital of the U.S. Uh, I've never been. Hopefully later this summer I'll go and I'll check it out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, he uh, he also is, was, and uh, this is how I actually known him from before. He is an opiate dealer. Uh, he sold like oxys and heroin and all kinds of shit like that. And uh, he, we went to a Super Bowl party when we first got together. This is the only fucking time I really like remember him prior to him walking out to the car and, and shaking my hand and telling me, I've got your back on this was a, uh, a Super Bowl party that I had gone to with my ex uh, when we first got together, which was, I think we lasted about five years, five and a half years altogether, uh, in which he was trying to feed everybody, like, oxys. I don't know. I mean, there was, there was way more drugs than I, uh, I ever cared to, to see in my life uh, being passed around there. And that was never my thing. Like, I always was all about pot, and I'm a, I'm a huge stoner, but I, I really draw the line between, like, I don't think pot is a drug and these are, here's heroin needles. Like there's some very different right. things. It's a fine yeah, line. There's, there's an argument. Through there. Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. And, uh, so she told me later that night that he had, um, propositioned her or said something to her along the lines of like, take the, take this and I'll like, uh, and we can do this or some, whatever it was. It just, it made me like, just literally hate the man. Like he, I felt like he was trying to take advantage of her at a time that I was not there for some reason, whatever it was, I wanted to fucking kill him. And that was the only other time. Oh, like she take this and then she, we can play around kind of thing. Yeah. I think something along those lines, like, look, they're downstairs smoking a joint. We're upstairs. Like I'll give you these, but let's just, you know, that's, it was something along the lines of like, uh, trying to proposition her to get something that she would never do for drugs. And I, I thought that was a really fucking scummy thing to do. And so that was, there was a reason we didn't see him for five years. Uh, because I would have probably crushed him. Um, and he knew that too. And so that was my only past experience with him leading up to the, uh, Hey, I'm here when you're happy. You know, your dog died. That sucks. Uh, I'll take care of your girl for you. Like, don't worry about this. And, um, and now I can actually look back at that moment and just, uh, I feel nothing but like disgust and anger. There was a moment when I would like look back and I would just feel like I couldn't control myself. I just wanted to like, I would probably like, like reimagine this story or like tell the story and I would want to walk over and just punch you in the face to like let anger out. Yeah. And I've now found like uh, channels and some, some avenues to, cause you can see the forest for the trees and like, it's all blatantly obvious now to the point that you just want to fucking destroy something. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, uh, having, having acquired a lawyer and actually like realizing what, uh, what it was that can happen for him and what, you know, what would happen to me if I were to do that? Like, looking at adult things, uh, you know, the, the consequences of an assault or of, uh, having him murdered are, very fucking serious. So obviously, um, the legal channels is the way I'm going to handle this. And I keep my rage and my fury inside for another moment or another time in life. Uh, or, you know, I've just kind of fucking lived in spite of him, uh, happy and more productive life recently. But, uh, 
yeah, there was a time when I couldn't, I couldn't imagine getting over this. Like I couldn't imagine being okay with the fact that all of this has happened. And I, I probably for the first time ever, like actually considered suicide an option for like a brief moment in my life. Like however short or brief that moment was, I recognized that this was the first time I ever thought like, wow, I don't want there. Like I probably could go on without living and just be like, end my life here and I'll be okay. And this was a, this was a, um, a, that's a crazy thing for me to think or like even say now to admit to, uh, because I, uh, it obviously, uh, kind of like undertones these like serious issues that I have. And, uh, I, I don't really know what to do with that yet, but no, yeah, it's, it's a rough spot to be in. I, there's one, one point in my life where I felt the same way. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a rough awakening. It's it, when, when you have that like kind of momentary glimpse of like, you know, if things are like this, I don't want to live anymore. It's, yeah. it's a really weird. It's a dark fucking place to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it's a very um, it's, visceral it's a, it's a, reaction. It's like a, it's an actual hopelessness. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's, a, it's like a palpable, like you can taste it. You can feel it. It's, yeah. it's very bizarre. Oh, yeah. No, it was very, it was very, uh, it had a taste and it, and it had a sense and odor and a touch. And a, it, had, uh, it had a moment in my life that it kind of like consumed me. And uh, I'm incredibly grateful to be past that and uh, not having done anything stupid to get past that, to just kind of uh, to work through it on my own and with some help of like friends and poetry and shit like that. Uh, I've, I've kind of found ways to, to release my anger without punching holes in everybody's wall um, because otherwise I probably wouldn't be a good house guest or uh, wouldn't be welcome <laughs> in too many people's houses, wouldn't be crashing on their couches for sure if I'm punching holes in walls. But uh, yeah, I, um, I attribute this man... Uh, as literally destroying my life or my life of as what it was, uh, my life as it was a year ago. Um, I thought I would be probably married with maybe a kid on the way, or, um, uh, at least, you know, living in a, in a house with my fiance and maybe we'd have another dog by now because, you know, I love dogs and, and dogs are awesome. And I would have my garden and all this shit that it was like, I was used to all these routines, all these things I, I like came to know as my life would actually just kind of continue on. And, uh, all of a sudden one day, none of them, None of them really continued on anymore. They just stopped. Uh, so yeah, some of the things that I've, I've uh, some of the things that have have led to that. Um, I actually realize now that once I left, um, so a timeline, I guess, a brief timeline. Uh, October first was the day I actually left New Jersey. October third, there would be uh, thirty six checks cashed fraudulently against my name. And October fourth, there would be eighteen more. Uh, is that right? Twelve more. Twelve more. Uh, Forty eight total. Um, October 3rd would be the day that my landlord would go to the house uh, after the ex and him had called her or called him over for something. And uh, they would falsely, uh, falsely tell my landlord that they had a restraining or she had a restraining order on me because there was domestic violence of which there was farthest fucking bullshit I've ever heard in my life. I'm a fucking pacifist by like a pacifist by nature. And uh, I've never lifted a hand on that girl. But the fact that they, um, they fabricated this restraining order uh, and that I was out of town and I guess now what was the motivation for fabricating the restraining order? They just didn't want me. They wanted me to be like kicked out of the lead, kicked out of the house. Basically. Um, I think that they thought that, uh, I guess it worked. Um, if I couldn't get back into the house, I couldn't get my belongings and I didn't get all, I still don't have all my belongings back. Uh, so success for them, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, uh, not in, in the meantime, if I can add a little color to this, yeah. um, this this ex was trying to paint uh, 
paint Jay in a really bad light to a number of people. There was a propaganda campaign. It, being basically, waged. you know, to to his friends, to his family. Um, you know, I was one of those people. I was receiving fucking phone calls and text messages and internet messages and shit. Now, what would be the motivation of this? Like, is this the same thing? Like, like character, all right, well, character. fucking character assassination. So that when things happen, it looks bad. And, you know, she would send me picture of, of send me fucking texts and be like, Jay's drinking again. Now, keep in mind, this is someone who we just did the math. What was it? Uh, so like, 28 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, someone I've known 28 years, I know very fucking distinctly the difference between drinking Jay and sober Jay. I know the difference between fucking alcoholic Jay and non-alcoholic Jay. I know the difference between Jay with one drink in him and fucking, you know, various versions of this person extremely fucking well. So when I'm getting a phone call being like, Jay's drinking and he's hitting me and here's the picture and it's a picture of like a girl who got hit that is, you know, an internet meme that I see that you fucking cropped. You know, like first of all, I have a hard time like swallowing that you're telling me this person did this to you. Second of all, you're fucking sending me Literally, like a picture from like a domestic violence meme that yeah, it's I like fucking seen on Facebook. Grumpy cat with a black eye. Exactly, like, dude, who are you trying to fucking bullshit? And that was not just happening with me; it was happening with you know his other friends, happening with you know his family. She even fucking started an altercation with my fucking wife through like Facebook Messenger, saying you know, talking a bunch of shit to her about him. And at that point, I fucking. Uh, inserted myself a little more than I wanted to in the fucking situation <laughs> and that ended real fucking quick but yeah so there was a lot of uh, a lot of there was a smear campaign going on for sure she was doing a takedown oh yeah it was it was character assassination all the way uh, the fact that that any portion of people in my life knew me as a one-time alcoholic like uh, that there was this there was always this little seed of doubt that I could go back to that I guess people had uh, people I'm sure had uh, had taken her word and like run ran with it like wh oh Jason is drinking again okay well everything goes out the window at this point Jason becomes untrustworthy he's not the person we know he's not the person that just fought four years trying to get sober and stayed sober and uh, it, it really was just like taking me down piece by piece I think like systematically destroying me from the the bottom up uh, they were they were actually go they would go into well actually let me finish yeah, the label. yeah I was gonna say yeah yeah, yeah sorry uh, our so, timeline is where we've just kind of. Uh, so they tangential, I guess, a little off the uh, beaten path. They had the landlord there. Uh, the the day after, the second day that they were fraudulently cashing all these checks in my name, um, they had the landlord over to uh, inform him that uh, this restraining order existed and they're not going to court and I'm being sued for uh, domestic violence or something. Like there's a domestic violence case against me, uh, which all of these things couldn't be further from the truth. My my sister uh, and some a couple friends work for the police station. Uh, not, none of this has ever really been documented. No. Not at all. Not in any town. Not anywhere ever. Um, what was the motive for all this? Like, what... Like, do you believe this was, like, pre-planned from the beginning? Like, I, I, I mean, how long were you two going out before this? Five years. Five. Okay. So that, now, that's ridiculous. I now think... It definitely wouldn't be pre-planned five years in advance. No, but there wasn't... Uh, the, the Bitcoin hadn't come into play until sure. a year prior. And that was when we started getting a little shaky. So um, I now envision a, a scenario where... They maybe just wanted me to kill myself, like get so low so and actually kill me, myself so they could claim how, all of my bitcoins. And for the clarification, sure, of who might be listening and to help you get it out. Yeah. How did the bitcoin contribute to things getting shaky? 
Um, no, they didn't contribute to things getting shaky per se. She she had always been a little like uh, a little uneven about my my sudden new job, um, mm-hmm. uh, selling weed vaporizer juice on the internet mm-hmm. uh, as as trustworthy and honest and allegedly as allegedly yeah allegedly um, as much as. I could run that thing as a successful business and did allegedly uh, run that as a successful business. Um, It was very much just me uh, dealing drugs on the corner or very very well may have been. Right. Just uh, me selling crack rocks on the corner. She she smoked pot every day, but she had a moral stance against uh, me selling. uh, So it's okay to smoke pot, but not to sell it. Mm -hmm. So hypocrite. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and she uh, she had actually she left her job, and uh, I was just a, yeah, I was a freelance artist, so my paychecks would be huge one week and non-existent the next week. There was no like steady uh, steady income, and Which any self contract self uh, contractors well aware of. Oh yeah, yeah, private um, contractor. So once she once she actually like had left her job, which was that that summer, a couple months after I started selling the vaporizer stuff, uh, I realized that that this all started to become like a, a you know there's many reasons for her to want to. Um, do these things, I guess now, and I, I, I still kind of don't want to believe that it that it's that way. But uh, it, you know, if it's a walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, and it's a duck, it's a duck, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. It walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, and it is a duck. It's a fucking <laughs> duck. So it's a fucking duck. And um, she, uh, she was on me for like not having enough money. She was on me for having too much money. She was on me for um, spending too much time working. She was on me for. Uh, a- a- anything you can imagine. I mean, the risk, the, the risk would all be mine. Every risk was solely mine. Um, it, it just, it. She wanted a reason to hate me. I think, and she, she made it happen. She would like, she would create these like these ridiculous arguments and start belittling me. Uh, I've and seen I, that before too, with like just people and relationships in general. It's like you know, it one person loses interest, and then rather than just leave. They decide to create drama or create or problems. Exist to exactly to create, you know. So yeah, exactly. So they don't look like the bad guy. Who's yeah, I don't want to be the bad guy. I don't want to walk away from this relationship. Yes. I don't want to work on this relationship. So instead, I'm going to create and fabricate shit that's going to, you know, cause a intentional rift in the relationship to force it to not work. Well, if I could, if it's all right, if I could provide some additional yeah, yeah. color on this, please do. Stop saying you're that probably one of phrase. the only people that can actually uh, do so honestly and firsthand information. <laughs> so one of the things that so and I'm not going to get on too far of a tangent if I can avoid it. But I was as probably no one listening to this knows, but everyone in the room knows involved in a relationship with somebody who stole tremendous amounts of money from me and you know did all kinds of crazy shit this person was on uh had some like depression issues and uh hid them from me for several years and decided at one point that she was going to get off medication and always always without consulting always a good plan yeah without consulting a doctor fucking anybody stop taking medication starts going crazy starts you know doing a lot so as i'm hearing these stories from jay and as i'm getting these phone calls you know, I, I very distinctly remember the time when I got off the phone with her, called Jay Media, and was like, look, we got to fucking talk about this because the tone in the voice, the, the tone of the conversation, the carrying on, the, the mannerisms, the way this is happening, the way that fucking she's speaking about you, like, it's the same pattern it rings that too I familiar. see before. It rings familiar to me, 
where somebody who has some severe psychological issues, they're rearing their head and manifesting in this, and you know, rather than addressing them internally, they're addressing them, you know, projecting them to you and fucking doing this, and then come to find out. This is where I'll let you jump in. Yeah. So actually, before we had that that conversation, which I remember very well, uh, comparing the two people, um, before we had that conversation, I was actually happy and proud that she was she had made the decision to start to step down from some of these meds she was put on, uh, following her father's like untimely death, uh, vehicular manslaughter, and and some other instances she had in life. Uh, she was seeing a psychiatrist, and he was he was medicating her. Um, you know, for a couple of years at this point, and I thought only good things could come from this. Like she's she's weaning herself off. She's becoming less dependent on pharmaceuticals. Uh, I was still a, kind of in the mindset, but I'm a more realistic man at this point. That uh, that weed was a, a very healthy and natural alternative and could solve all your problems. I, I realize that's like a, a fantasy now, but I mean that it can replace so many things. I thought this was like a positive step, so I didn't it, really. I mean, yeah, and it can definitely help a lot of people. But there are, you know, there's certain things that. There's just, some people who just need their fucking hormones balanced. I actually, but there's nothing you can do about it. When I thought that, uh, that when I had that thought, I had never taken a Xanax in my life, and that uh, I've since taken a few at least, and I can now have a better, more informed opinion. I would say, um, but yeah, I thought this it was. Helped. I mean, it's the same position people take about weed. You know, where they're like, "Oh, weed is nothing but a you know criminal drug." Just yeah, yeah, sure. Using it to get a buzz and get high. And it's like, well, have you ever done it? No. Well, then how the fuck do you know how the fuck it's in our, you know? Yeah, similar how to like how, how she would pop like a, you know, a Xanax every day. I would, I would smoke a bowl every day because it is my like level. It levels my head off, I guess, a little bit. And it, it is, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so actually uh, she was, she was coming down from some, some uh, relatively serious um, mind alter, like a uh, serotonin altering drugs. Sure. So uh, she was, she was lacking the highs and lacking the lows that most people do. And uh, she started to act a little bit more, a little more herself. I want to say, like a little more normal. I thought, at least, uh, when she was getting down. Yeah, off normal's of these not things. always good. Sometimes it's not always good. I fucking love weird girls too, but um, I, it started to seem like it was a, it was just a healthy, natural thing to do. And she actually told her doctor at one point, and uh, he had agreed. And he started to like, she, you know, he had stepped her down further, and she was anyway. So she was getting off of these meds, and uh, once she started to get so far off of them, it did become. Uh, she became physical like she she was a physically violent person towards me for the first time i mean ever and in five years of a relationship she i woke up one morning to her like punching me in the face wailing on my face and uh that was something i never would have expected that's always a weird we've talked about it on the podcast before but when it comes to physical altercations between, Mm -hmm. between men and women there's no nice way to handle it yeah no there's not uh you can you can run away you can i mean there's whatever however it goes i mean there's there is you're gonna have to go and face this at some point and uh yeah it was not pleasant but so she was just ways that are socially acceptable to deal with there are not ways that actually solve the problem what is the socially acceptable way to deal with a woman punching you and walk away from it walk away call the cops Mm. you know well i did who will arrest you doesn't matter if somebody's throwing a lamp or a frying pan at your fucking head yeah i did both of those things but it didn't help so anyway uh they had they had the lawyer or the, the lawyer they had the landlord over um to basically uh, basically go about getting me kicked out of the house. Um, I was, I guess it's of note that I had paid for the security, uh, the first last security, and was paying for the rent my, you know, myself, basically, for the last year at that point. Uh, so this whole time, you were actually paying for the rent while they're trying to get you yeah, I was, I was pseudo-evicted from the oh, place yeah. you're paying for. Sure, sure. At least a couple thousand dollars of my own was on the, the, the last month of the rent and the security, and I was paying the rent itself like a monthly basis and utilities for about 
10 months straight of like myself just paying it completely. So um, I guess they, there was no real other route for her to go to take over the house uh, because she wasn't paying for anything than to have me removed by the landlord through some bullshit. So she, she told him that I was, uh, I was physical with her. She called the cops. She got a restraining order on me. He never apparently bothered to check that this restraining order was a factual, actual thing. He took her at her word. She told him that I was uh, selling cocaine and drugs and all kinds of stuff out of the house and that I was, um, uh, I was destroying the house. Uh, there was the destruction was water damage uh, in the basement that somehow I think she, she probably, she tried to look, uh, make it seem like I was maliciously done. Like our shower leaked. It's, you know, he's a fucking scumbag. He's destroying the house. <laughs> yes. Like it's as if I was like pissing on the floor, trying to like uh, soak through the basement boards or something. So the landlord, um, the landlord calls me when I'm in, uh, I'm visiting friends. I'm in Las Vegas and he effectively tells me that I'm no longer welcome to the house and that he is having me evicted effective immediately. And if I had any questions to have my lawyer contact him, at this point, that's I'm, insane. I, so, so without any evidence whatsoever, he just believes this fucking sob story. Oh yeah, he told me I went over there. Her friend and her were really upset. They they just they sat with me really somberly and told me like they don't, they, they don't want to do this. Like this is what it is. And uh, we had actually been like we had. Oh, a, so a, it was him and her that he, he actually sat down with her. Oh yeah, he sat down with he, the landlord. He was like the, uh, the feeding ba- this whole bullshit. Yep. Yeah, he was the uh, he was the yes man, or he confirmed everything apparently. Uh, was the mean, guy who scripted it. The guy who's yeah, the guy who hasn't seen her in years. Well, at that point, was, yeah, uh, I mean, I guess yeah, it's a weird place because it's like you know, as the like not to play devil's advocate, but yeah, yeah, as the landlord, it's kind of kind of be weird, you know what I mean? When you have this girl along with another person telling you like, oh, all this who's stuff validating the story exactly. Yeah. Short of rape, there's not many more things you can say that would make me like be more terrible or more polarizing. Like this man had raped my fucking child. Like what else can you possibly say to make me seem like a bigger asshole than he beat me up and I have a he restraining order? He beat me up and him. he's selling drugs and I have a restraining order. You have to keep him away from me. And because this this man was here to just say yes, this happened. Uh, apparently, that was enough for him to him to to buy it. Uh, so I didn't really, I mean, I was in shock from the, the dog dying first off. Like this is all new to me. I didn't know that she had cheated on me. I didn't know that any of this happened. We just had been fighting. I wanted a break. I went to Las Vegas. Well, you hadn't even gotten into that yet. So, that. so they were actually fucking the entire time too. Uh, I mean, who, who can know really who the fuck can know? Uh, at one point she told me she had sex with him once. And then I saw some text messages that she sent him that were pretty disgusting afterwards. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. So I, I was, I was depressed. I was in like manic depressed because of my dog. My best friend just died. And uh, I was fighting with my other best friend, my, my ex at the time. So I, I didn't really know what to do with that information. And I just thought like, holy shit, like, uh, I, well, I'm not going to, not in a rush to go back home anymore. So I decided to stay with some friends in Las Vegas for a couple extra days. And um, when I got back is uh, when, when everything really started to come to a head. I went back to New Jersey. Uh, this was in October still of last year. Um, prior to the collection agencies, prior to... Uh, everything else kind of like crashing down around me. Uh, I just wasn't welcome at the house at this time. So I said, um, I'm going to go and get my, uh, get some, some police to go to the house with me and get my belongings because I don't feel safe, like going there. I'm not going to have any of this nonsense, like come at me. I don't want them to give any reason to like, uh, to, uh, sell me down the river or well, like, get at, me in trouble. At this or, point, everything is so ridiculously out of control, like uh, from a, from an exaggeration or a fabrication standpoint yeah, yeah. that, you would be insane not to have somebody with you as an escort and or a witness. Yeah, I had had a Nolan come over here a couple of times with me to uh, to be the the sane. Uh, I don't know, like the peacekeeper, just by sitting on the couch and waiting for me to pack my bags. That's how terrible it was for for a while. So um, so yeah, I, I wanted nothing to do with it, and uh, 
there was, I don't know, the second day I was home, I guess, she had come by my parents' house. I have, meanwhile, I'm sleeping on an air mattress um, in my old childhood room, which is now littered with like my nephew's toys. Uh, it's, there's like five feet of space between the wall and uh, the door. And I am six feet tall. So like I'm, I'm crammed in this little tiny room. <laughs> I'm miserable. I'm like, I, I didn't know what to do. I had begun to, to talk myself into moving to Las Vegas, to leaving New Jersey for good. And I was coming back to, to say goodbye to people and get some shit and get out. And um, she came by the next day and she, uh, she like said some sweet things into my ear and, and she like said how much she missed me and she was sorry. And again, I didn't really like, whoa, she, whoa, whoa, what? Yeah, yeah. She said like, she missed me. She was sorry. And I didn't really like, um, I, I didn't, I don't think she knew that I knew that the, the land, I like, she was not aware that I had spoken with the landlord and that I knew of this fake restraining order because in her eyes, it was just Lucy died. Like this never came up. And, uh, and I've realized that now. And so she's over there and she's, she's saying all these things and you know, I want to work on us. I want to do this. And I started to ask her questions about like so the landlord, the she, house situation. She goes into this expecting the fact that you're like completely in the dark. Yes. She doesn't think you've realized that anything has happened, even though she started this whole fucking shitstorm of nonsense. There's literally no way I called the landlord to uh, to have him like basically do what she did to me, but in reality to have it done because I didn't want them them at the house anymore. Like the house was in my name. It was it was everything was paid for by me. Like I called to uh, to let him aware of the situation that there is a a legitimate drug dealer at the house, and uh, this is this is a. Uh, yeah, that conversation did not go far before it got turned around, and I was the uh, I was the bad guy across the board. Um, so that's it's just insane to me that she would expect that none of this had gotten back to you. I mean, to be fair, I was I was visiting friends in uh, rural Las Vegas. Like, I mean, there's Las Vegas, and there's there's uh, unincorporated Clark County, Nevada, which is um, there are no streetlights, no sidewalks. There is it is a farmland. Well, it's I, also the era of cell phones, right? It is. Oh, it is. Uh, so. Um, <laughs> so I'm sure you're like your landlord could reach you wherever the fuck you were. Well, this is when so this is when my life really starts getting like torturous. Uh, my cell phone, my Sprint account, had actually been uh, been hacked into. Had the passwords changed? Had uh, the features changed on my phone so I could not call out or so I could not receive like uh, I could receive calls but not call out. I could uh, send text messages but not receive them. So, because um, you can literally go into in Sprint, at least uh, on CDMA phones, you can you can edit every single feature and as make an it, option. Yeah. Oh, yeah, as an option. So, um, because he had access to my password, or they had they had my password, uh, it, it pretty much you know it's like your recovery info. How many favorite authors do you have? How many middle names does your father have? Like when you know when you know somebody's somebody's security info, you know their info, and when you know a couple passwords, sure. Typically, you can reset the rest by getting through a Gmail. So it started to go down this like really slippery slope, and. Uh, I was losing my mind very quickly once uh, once this all started. But yeah, they they uh, they infiltrated my Sprint account. They would uh, eventually ring up five hundred dollars of of charges on mobile billing for Sprint. Uh, they would change my um, my security answers, the the answers to the questions when I called in to reset my password to uh, cunt face. All of them, cunt face, cunt face, big bold capital letters. So when I called in to like actually regain access to make calls on my Sprint account on my Sprint plan. I had to tell them that my favorite author was Cuntface, or that uh, that my middle name was Cuntface, and this is something I had to say three times, three separate instances, two times to a female, once to a male, uh, which was ridiculous in itself. But they, how did you figure that out? What's that? Oh, um, at some point, I, I had uh, I had requested a password be resent to my to my phone, and I managed to log in, and I guess I caught that I caught. Like I reset the password before they could get back into it, whatever it was. Right. And I saw that my my security answers were cunt face, all of them cunt gotcha. face. Um, 
it was one of the most ridiculous situations of my life. And that was just like it's kind of the so beginning. like bizarrely immature as well. It is. Yeah. So, like it's you, it's also fucking degrading. Like you have to sit there, like we could sit here on a fucking podcast and shout cunt face at each other. And it's fucking humorous to us and whoever's listening, but to actually like have to sit there on a phone in a conversation with someone who's trying to do their job because your identity is being fucking stolen. And you're like, my middle name is Cuntface. Well, and it's just, it's, it's even more ridiculous like, that somebody passed. You have to the, fucking sit there and do that. It's even more ridiculous that somebody past the age of sixteen would think that this was like, yeah, something that would be clever to do. No, they were they were terrorizing me. They were literally just terrorizing my life at that point. Uh, and again, kind of just the, the beginning of it. Um, so they would they would gain access to my Facebook, my Gmail, uh, Google Plus. I mean, any, any account that you could, that you. Any account that's out there, I mean, I, I probably had it and they had access to it and claimed it. Uh, they effectively took over my online persona at a time when I had moved out to the middle of nowhere and had no communication with people because I could not make outgoing phone calls, uh, was living in a, a, a desert, like was in traumatic fucking shock of my dog dying. Uh, I, I just kind of like... I. I don't know how I made it through that point in my life, honestly, like how I, how I made it through, like not being able to get into Facebook, not right. being able to get into Gmail. I had the only access to like human, uh, to a human person I had at one point was, uh, was my roommate who I was like, I was staying at her house, um, who worked like 18 to 20 hours a day or something. It seemed like I was, I was there to watch her dogs because she was working 60 to 80 hours a week for a month. So she was never fucking home. So my uh, communication exists, existed solely of a, like a 10 to 15 minute conversation every morning over breakfast. And then it was just me. And that was it. Like I would start new email accounts. I would, uh, I would try to talk to people. Uh, people kind of like were really uh, like walking on eggshells with me and still, still do a little bit. And this like, you know, at this point in my life, because they didn't know what, what to was s- true, what was false. Yeah, they, they didn't, didn't want to get was... dragged into the drama. Whatever. Sure. Yeah. 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 The drama, whether or not, I mean, I'm sure I sounded crazy. Like, I start, at one point I just started flipping out. Like I, I'm yelling at people that I can't use my phone. I'm yelling at people that, you know, this isn't me on Facebook. This is like, I, I had lost my mind for a while. Um, I don't know how I found it again, uh, but I, I did. And I'm grateful that I did. Cause I was, I was concerned for a while that I might not ever like make it out of this point in my life with like I, my entire life. Uh, not only like you know, sure, the physical, yeah. the tangible well, items, the, the social, the online, the, the persona. Like I, I, I had struggled for a while with, uh, issues of self, like who I really am, um, because I I feel like they took it away from me. They took all of that away from me. Well, and, and if shit's low and uh, and you hit a really low point and it's an extended low point, it's hard to imagine sometimes that it's going to end or that there will be yeah you know oh, yeah, a, yeah. A, you know a, a rise again on that yeah. road of roller coaster you know yeah and uh, so yeah there was I mean there was definitely times when I thought I'm going to start drinking again. I never did. Haven't touched alcohol. Haven't touched anything like that. You know never never thought more than like an hour of that, that one day that I would like kill myself because I, I kind of, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like, uh, I would rather live a great life and have them be fucking miserable assholes and see me enjoy my life. Like, uh, living well is the best revenge is, uh, is a, uh, uh, I'm not thinking of the, the, who the, who that is quoted to or who that's, uh, attributed to, but living well is the best revenge is something I've kind sure. of like taken to heart recently. So uh, I just thought that, honestly, I have to keep on going, right? Like, push me down, I'll get back up. Push me down, I'll get back up. It's not the first time in my life I was, like, beaten or left for dead or whatever. Uh, but it was the most thoroughly ridiculous and all-encompassing destructive one. Uh, yeah. So, so, so yeah, so you're, you, you come back. The, 
Uh, well, so in the, oh, in the meantime, there there's some there's some uh, some great tidbits that still affect my life at this point. So uh, when they gained access to my Facebook, um, that was actually a brand new Facebook account. I had a, I had a previous one closed down the day my dog died. I lost access to my original Facebook. They they would take that over. I found out and uh, and convince Facebook that I was drunk and continuing to have my. I would request to have this account closed down. I lost access to it. Said shut it down. Shut it down. They unknowingly, uh, to me, would keep op- reopening this account with my information and using it to, to slander the fuck out of me. They posted uh, private, like, personal sex tapes, whatever, you know, uh, personal oh, videos. On Facebook? On, on to Facebook. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there was an aunt of mine that has a screenshot of a video I'm quite familiar with because I thoroughly enjoy masturbating to my own self and, you know, videos that I make, whatever. It's fun. Yeah. I, I mean, how else are you going to end? <laughs> so anyway... Um, yeah, I recognized the video well, and I saw that frame, and uh, that would happen a couple more times with other people in other incidences. Like, people would, I think they were selectively uh, defriending or blocking friends of mine uh, as they would go along, like removing or putting like uh, very specific lists together, like uh, acquaintances, non-acquaintances, where they would only like this this message would reach certain people and not others, you know? Sure. Um, so it was a it, again. This is all. This is like a lot of assumption, but Facebook. And the, the fraud investigations department with my lawyers have kind of started to figure everything out. Um, but yeah, they were very much using that to, to slander me. And Well, I mean, based on the, the level of like maturity of the individuals involved, it, like the amount of planning into this, I'm sure it's, it's kind of hard. I would imagine at least that it would be hard to figure out because it's some of the actions and some of the things seem so half thought and immature you know what i mean that it, it, it's almost hard to find logic yeah. in some of the insanity one of the things that they were doing and you know as as i got messages as my wife got messages and as other people got messages you know i don't know whether it was him pretending to be her or you know the the other guy pretending to be jay's ex or if it was jay's ex trying to kind of slander his name was sending screenshots of these videos that were put up and be like, well, if he's so trustworthy, how did this wind up on the internet, even though they were actually the ones doing it, the ones doing it. Oh yeah. I've never, uh, I, it's uh, just so uncalculated. You know what I mean? Like, like the level of, it's not thought through. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't make like there's the foundation of a plan, but there's no fucking structure. Yeah. Like you, this is, these are people who think they're way clever way yeah. more clever than they you can see are. with the overarching idea that the the the, the effect that they're going for yeah is, but, but the there's execution no real fucking dog bones shit. of the plan yeah i don't i don't really i think that they thought i would give up a lot easier like become uh i wouldn't fight so hard to like get through all this or like try to gain access to all these accounts like, i think they they felt like i feel like they thought i would just lay down and kind of like quit life like go back to drinking and give up and never come back how do you how would, do you not like in this moment like so all right like so you get back into the state you know this is going down. You know the people involved. How in that moment do you not just drive this cocksucker's house and put him in a fucking coma? Oh, it has taken uh, it has taken a lot of restraint that I never thought I'd have. Uh, it has taken every ounce of my uh, of my being to to not commit physical violence on a regular basis. Yeah, for a while. if I were you, I'd probably be in jail right now. Yeah, I uh, I had so I mean I have a nephew that I love. I have some some close friends and family that were that were supportive to me. There was maybe a handful of people throughout all of this that that believed me, uh, just sight unseen. Like uh, Nolan here was one of them. Um, there was really few and far between, but there there was like I mean that I love my job. I fucking love my job. Like 
Uh, and it took perspective from other people too. He was going to go fucking kill him. I, you know, there, there were several conversations between us about what might be the best way to just put a stop to this. <laughs> how, how do we? Yeah, yeah. And you know, from my how perspective, do it came this? down to like, look, I'm not going to fucking sit here and incriminate myself, but I, you know. Yeah, yeah we know, we know, yeah, we know. I've, I've, I have a black hand. I could fucking do some shit. So, you know, um, but I'm in a different place, right? And there is a conversation that's like, yeah, I might be able to fucking pull some strings here, but shit that comes back to me affects my wife, my kid. And part of that conversation was like, you know, you have to understand that anything that fucking happens points right back to you, too. And we had those conversations like extensively and, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only person who's had a conversation like that with you, but it did come down to ultimately like, you know, you could fuck this guy up, you can bury this guy, but ultimately you're getting no fucking revenge on him because you could actually fucking, you know, it's going to take work, it's going to take money, it's going to take an investment of fucking time. Sure. But you can make this guy's life but way if this guy's, more yeah, fucking that's miserable true. I guess than, it is. If this, he's made If this yours. guy actually serves jail time, that would be far worse. Right. And, and knowing the person, who they are, their fucking, their stature... Honestly, the list of fucking enemies that they have that I know, and that was a conversation we had. Like, I know fucking off the top of my head six dudes who want to put this dude in the fucking body bag, and there could be a phone call made to any one of them, and this motherfucker disappears because all I have to say is, hey, dude, I, I know where he's at because he's at my boy's old house. Um, and that would have been an easy fucking thing to do. I feel like do. we should probably start talking about this and move on to the story at hand. But the, but the, you know, well, I mean, there, there's a point to this. The, no point, the point being Before that, we incriminate ourselves. Well, there is no incrimination because nothing happened. Sure. And fucking, you know, the point of this being that it would have been very easy to, to make, from a number of perspectives and a number of people who wanted to fucking, would like to see this guy disappear, it would have been very easy to fucking arrange that. But the reality is, there's no suffering involved there and he fucking deserves to suffer. So the way to make him suffer is to take him and fucking put him in a situation where there's 30 dudes around him who know who he is, know what a piece of shit he is and he'll get fucked up behind bars. Oh, I mean just on general principle, I want to kill both these people. Yeah. I've actually come to a a modified, uh, modified, um, happy ending of what I would, what I would like to see with this guy. And it would be uh, him being in prison for a very long time. And, uh, I will, start writing pen pal i will start pen paling some of the people he's in prison with and bankrolling their cigarette or whatever fucking habits they have i'm going to bankroll these these things and uh make sure that he has a very unpleasant asshole for the rest of his life <laughs> and i mean how much is how much does a pack of cigarettes cost a week i mean like, allegedly allegedly this would be a fun thing to do allegedly i'm going to write in some theory, letters and you would never actually do it reach out to some Potentially, I will reach out to some theoretical prisoners uh, who are violent, maybe. Sure. But, I mean, as a pacifist, this is something that you would never actually do. As a pacifist, I don't condone violence. I don't condone violence. Where were we now? Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it took a lot of restraint, and it took a lot of, uh, a lot of oh, fucking self-control. And uh, I really don't know. I mean, I, I started going to the gym. Uh, it took a lot of... A lot of outside uh help and influence and and thoughts and music honestly uh to kind of get through this really terrible time but i i knew that like 
there's there's something waiting for me still because I lo- again I love my job um, and I I think that now I uh, theoretically can um, can profit from this entire terrible situation I already have I think I'm a much better person uh, just because of the the events that have come that have transpired and the the preceding like just the happenings and the the situations I've been put in the people I've met the places I've been uh, all positives that I've taken away from this now so. Uh, it's already starting to like turn around for me. Um, but yeah, there was a time when I, I think I probably would have just, all I wanted to do was, was destroy him physically. There's a, there's a song from this band off with their heads. Uh, and it's, it's just about this person being such a shitty asshole that you're going to kill them in the middle of the street. And, uh, nobody, everyone's going to stand there and just watch and approve of this and let it happen. And, uh, it's called, uh, Oh fuck. Something, your own family. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, this this song was my this song was my, my mantra. I just wanted him to die. I wanted to beat him bloody senseless, and I would I plead like insanity. I guess that was my that was my like best case scenario as of I don't know November ish December last year. Um, he 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 fucked me up. Uh, so the landlord had me uh, more or less on a on a verbal thing. He had he had told me to get the fuck out of the house. He said that I'm not welcome. It was a culmination of, of factors, um, just not just the way he said it, but I guess the surrounding, the surrounding, um, the incidents and evidence that existed in this world uh, due to my work that may have made it more difficult for me to fight these things. The fact that weed was still being uh, still being made so illegal and such a such a Schedule One narcotic uh, painted me as maybe more of a drug dealer than I am was theoretically allegedly um, allegedly. So. Uh, they they had me kind of like uh, they had me in the in the mindset that if I were to do anything to try to like uh, regain access to my house to get my shit to take my house back and keep it my house and keep like kick her off the lease that I would have to go through the court system and uh, and they would be uh, challenging my freedom with their evidence because they at this point began blackmailing me for uh, for being a weed vaporizer procurer. So they, you, you actually spoke to both of them, or just one or the other? Like, how did the blackmail go about? Um, so the blackmail existed uh, in my my communications with this this asshole had only gone so far as uh, one text message um, and one email, and uh, on Facebook Messenger he had actually this is this is where uh, this is where he kind of like uh, he wrote his own fucking destiny. He he told me that if I were to do anything that like that would. That would soil his plans, or fuck. If I went to the police, if I did, if I let anybody know what was happening, that um, they have all these pictures and all these videos of incriminating things against me, that uh, that they would have no problem leaking or releasing, or or um, you know making privy the entire fucking world. And they thought that that was enough that it would keep me shunned, quiet, like uh, keep me you know uh, complacent and just let them do what they wanted, which was effectively uh, to have me pay for their house while they are staying there and. and uh, He's taking over my life. I think that's that's exactly what the the goal at that point was for them, for me to bankroll their life uh, while I worked my ass off. Um, allegedly, uh, this is such a ridiculous issues. fucking plan. Like, how do you think this is actually going to work? Like, are you this fucking dumb? Like that you? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I like I can't even fathom it. So I th- again, I think it like it all comes down to the the notion that they really thought that I. Um, I just would cave, or I would be so petrified. You were that, that much like, of a pushover, basically. Yeah, that that I would be so fearful of the the uh, the ramifications of their their photos and videos getting out there, and what it could potentially do for me. That I would just 
like curl up in a ball, drink and kill myself. This is this is what I imagine their like best case scenario is at this point. Um, so I I, uh, I didn't do that obviously. I said fuck that, and I uh, I packed up my my uh, business and I sent it in the mail to uh, to my new West Coast home, and I continued on with life while they continued on just taking over my identity for another three months at this point. Uh, three months of Facebooks, of uh, Sprint, of Gmail. Uh, closures, hackings, password resets. Uh, now, is this still ongoing, or has it been stopped as of like this moment? Um, basically, once I once I lawyered up, they uh, they more or less stopped. There was a there was a um, so a lot of what I uh, I wasn't able to use my bank after all this this started happening. So I was using prepaid debit cards to uh, to pay for things, basically loading cash onto them and using prepaid debit cards. Sure, because you basically bills. have no bank account at that point. Yeah, I have no bank account. Um, once you call trends. TransUnion and you call the credit companies and you report uh, credit theft, uh, your your social security number just gets locked down. The only way to stop credit card theft or identity theft is to freeze your identity, even for the, the individual that is the, the victim, you know? Um, so I'm still still kind of suffering with that, but the prepaid debit cards, um, they are they exist outside of the FDIC and outside of any other bullshit. And um, he, all you really need is your social security number. And he would go and use that to get another like $1,200 out of me after I got a lawyer. So at this point they're, they're probably up in and around the 15 K, uh, total, uh, total like debt and shit they've accumulated on my, in my name or, uh, are responsible for. So, um, once I got the lawyer though, that was, I mean, literally like two days later, he, he reached in and, and yanked out that 1200 and that was the last I've really heard or seen from them at all. Uh, outside of like her sending me some pity emails with like, fucking 20 emoji frowny faces in a row crying or something, which is a thing that happened a couple times. Wait, so what? When she, if she sends you an email like that, what is she trying to fucking do? Is she like... Well, she's trying her? to play both sides. Yeah, I, I get that, but... She's trying to appeal to my... What's the tone of these emails? Is she trying to win you over? Is she trying to oh. say I'm sorry? Is she trying to fucking... She's trying to save her own fucking ass. Yeah, I, 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 I get that, but I'm, I'm saying in what context... Is she trying to be like, I've been played, or this isn't really me, or I'm sorry for what I did, or I didn't know what I was doing? Like, what? I have no idea. I have no idea, and here's why. The emails would be a blank subject, and literally 20 emojis in a row, frowny faces, crying. Just 20 emojis. Oh, you're not exaggerating. Like, that literally is the email. Yeah, it was a dozen dozen frowny faces, or uh, a dozen, like, the ones with the cry, the tears. Yeah, it was just emojis. There was no words. Yeah, that's it. We, we had a point um, where we would communicate with each other and try to uh, talk and it just became like, it just devolved into yelling and fits and I, I gave up on that. I stopped trying to talk to her at all. So right, really, the only the point she would reach me, I'd, yeah. I'd edit her to my, my spam box. Uh, I had changed my phone number at this point. I had changed my email address. I had gotten rid of my 13 or 14 years running jmontag at gmail.com, whatever. I don't really care if I put my name out there at this point. Um, it's, it's, it's spreading pretty yeah i feel comfortable with that so anyway my gmail uh all of this stuff you, you don't use that account anymore it's gone no, it's, yeah. it's, nobody can ever open that again sure. it's, it's uh literally on the banned blocked list of gmail which is a thing that actually exists the blacklist of email addresses it is no longer ever to be able to be opened again um, it is good to know uh so yeah they i mean they were they were whew, shit they still had they had my life like that was my life my life was not uh my life was basically now, just my work in this um, in this huge house in a friend, you know, I was staying in a room, renting a room in a mansion in the farm parts of Las Vegas, which sounds ridiculous, but it's a real thing. And I, I lived on a street with two horses, uh, two other houses and a roommate that was never there. And uh, I had no real access or no steady access to my telephone, my social media accounts or my friends or family. 
So it was just me. I was isolated as fuck. Like I couldn't be, couldn't have been more isolated at a worse time in my life. And, uh, uh, I think that that's, they just thought I would kind of go away. And now, um, now that I started to like, I started to make my, like I, when I began traveling back home, when I basically began, started to fight back. Oh yeah. When I, when I got a lawyer and when the lawyer, uh, started like started contacting Facebook and when they started contacting Gmail and when all this stuff started happening, um, they became a little more like, uh, I don't know if they still had access to my Gmail or they were scanning it or whatever, but they became like much more, uh, aware and they, they just stopped almost immediately in terms of like, uh, fucking with me thinking that now that I have a lawyer, it's going to be documented. I have all of this, this shit documented, like the text messages, the email. I mean, I deleted my Gmail account, but you can archive that shit. There's, oh, sure. Yeah. There's 18.5 gigabytes of, of me uh, in, a, in the zip folder on my desktop. Um, many of these things are, at least the last six months of those things, are very incriminating to them and, and uh, not so much myself. So I, um, somehow I, I don't know if I found like God or like if I found some kind of like higher power or some, something to like pick me up and carry me through that really shitty part. Cause there's some parts I really, I lost my mind. I don't remember like, uh, well, I took Xanax for like a week, uh, unprescribed because I was so depressed. I didn't know what to do. I took a quarter of a tab of Xanax, a uh, quarter of a tab. Is that what it is? Well, quarter a, a, a quarter of a two milligram. Yeah. So what, a, yeah. a half a milliliter, half, half, a milligram, milligram, yeah. half a milligram of Xanax for a couple of days in a row. And I, I uh, started to like. And if you haven't taken Xanax before, that'll 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 chill you out a little bit. A little bit. Oh my god. I mean, I I, I smoke copious amounts of weed on a regular basis, and I'm awake and I'm functioning and a you know highly functioning pothead and a, a quarter of a Xanax, and I was uh, I would just sit in a chair comatose, staring at the mountains in the backyard for hours on end, just staring at the mountains, like literally <laughs> enjoying the scenery, um, breathing in the fresh air, and like not being able to really move or do anything like I guess it, it kind of like uh, the combination of like depression and, and everything and, and just being new to this substance fucked me up man. I was I was not myself so there was like a week or two <clears throat> when my uh, my um, what I did was kind of spotty I didn't leave the house I didn't go anywhere I, I think I played video games for a little while but that was about it and uh, at some point I realized that I either have to like lay down or stand up and fight like I can't just keep going on in this like this perpetual sorrow where people have access to my accounts and you know, I wasn't benefiting from this. Nothing was ending. Nothing was changing. Uh, I had a lawyer, but I mean like the lawyer uh, had advised me, it's like six months to four years of a process that you have to go through. So I had to find something to like to uh, something meaningful to me to get me through those next, I don't know, six to 48 months, I guess. Um, and uh, uh, I started getting much more passionate about my work, which was a little bit of a, a, a secret uh, a little bit of a, I don't really know how to describe this. It was not very apparent to everybody in my life what I was doing. I was telling them I was, I was doing a lot more websites than I was. And I was, uh, I was making some medicine, some medicinal medicines, holistic things for people to, uh, you know, sure. naturally cure what ails them, I guess. Um, and that, that job seemed to be the only place I was receiving any kind of respect or, uh, any kind of attention that was not, uh, terrible or not like, holy fuck, like, are you, you know, like, uh, are you okay? Are you okay? Like, I, there's only so many times you can answer a question, are you okay, before you're not okay anymore. So um, I started getting much more involved in my work at this point, and they, they kind of, like, slowed down. They, they left me alone for a little while. Uh, uh, I would then find out that, you know, while this was happening, actually, when I was finally, uh, when I decided to, to fight back, when I started to get a lawyer, as soon as I got a lawyer, she had gone into the police department and tried, tried to file a report on me uh, with the landlord in tow, and they were uh, they were basically turned out at the door because they had no evidence. 
And um, did she do this after you? After she knew you had the lawyer, like in a response to try to? I, it's, it's tough to say because I don't really know exactly what day. Like I'm going off of uh, two people, right. like people that work, people that are uh, right, associated right, right. with the police department. Their their uh, records. So they they say like you know four months ago, and I know I got a lawyer four months ago. Was it four months and five days? Was it four months and sure? You know, it seems very coincidental, but uh, I guess when they when they saw that I had gotten a lawyer and I was uh, I was not just laying down and taking this, that um, they're trying to stack the deck. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. they wanted to they wanted to get a restraining order on me, and uh, they were apparently and politely told to uh, go find some some proof of what the fuck these these you know allegations. Right. Or uh, don't come back. Like they they weren't going to take this report because it was so outlandish and so ridiculous, and it was based. And on, she brought the landlord. She brought the landlord. And, How, uh, what the fuck could he possibly collaborate? I have no real clue. Um, they I like so I, I don't know if I skipped over this part, but there was a uh, we we had this relationship with our landlords that was we had like a good rep, uh, good rapport with them. Like a they were a little friendly. Like they would come over for like a barbecue once a year or something. Like it was a friend and it was a uh, you know a landlord. It was whatever. So um, he was just a hippie, and, and I have no fucking clue what his hippie, dippy ass was doing in there. But now he's going to be a part of a real lawsuit, and uh, he is going to go be on fucking trial for uh, answering questions as to why the fuck he would evict me and why all this, like, all this shit is coming into play now, and yeah. he's being subpoenaed. So, Did, when, when you were evicted, was there ever, like, an official paper given to you from a lawyer's office? or from, Because an eviction has to go through court there's a lawyer no. there's paperwork yeah, filed yeah. there's a there's a judge there's yeah you can't just deny signs us. off on it you have like f- you have fucking squatters rights so you have like it's either 30 believe, or 90 days or I something like need, that so yeah i believe you literally need like it's uh, 30 days 30 day written notice yeah. yeah and even during that time you can't deny somebody access, access. to their their permanent residence yeah well so I th- it is illegal I believe that their uh, that their whole thing was that um, again, like uh, he, the, the landlord is under the assumption that I'm a coke dealer or something at this point, and like I, I'm making serious dough, and I'm, I don't know, I'm doing really crazy things, and that I want nothing to do with the police. Um, my only issue with the police has, has only ever been uh, DUIs. That when I was an alcoholic, this this is the only problems I've ever had with the police. I'm not a, a violent man. I've never had like a you know an, any other offense besides a DUI traffic court in New Jersey. Um, but they, they thought that I would be so fearful of like, whatever it is like uh, that I'm doing in my life that, that I would not want anything to do with the cops. And, uh, the landlord, I mean, he, he said more or less, like he kind of laid it out that he, um, he said, my hands are tied. What do you, like, what do you think I should do? Like this, here's, here's this person telling me that like, you're being violent, you're being physical. And he said, I just, I can't sit there and watch her cry and do this. So I can't, well, I can't say that you're, I can't let you back on the property without proper, uh, proper accompaniment, like proper uh, escorts. And it, uh, it started to like, I mean, I, I, I understood that literally they're going to play, like pull the hand and, and make me either force the hand and make me either like uh, divulge this information or they were going to divulge this information uh, for me and kind of um, incriminate me in some, some instances that would not benefit me at all as a person or as a, a victim. Um, so I, it's, it's like, what was my repercussions? Do I, do I go to the cops and, and throw caution into the wind where the laws are far more questionable right now in this part of the country than they are in other parts? Yeah, most um, definitely. Especially when it comes uh, to domestic violence. Yep. So I decided to get the fuck out of Dodge and uh, I left the craziness behind and I uh, opened up shop. I opened a, uh, a business in the state of Nevada in compliance with all laws and all kinds of 
federal and state uh, state regulations. Um, so in spite of their bullshit, I decided to do exactly what they thought I wouldn't do, which was to own up for my uh, my business. And I did exactly that. And now I feel like um, I feel like now it's almost becoming the part where like this is like where my entire life will just be like revenge to them because their lives are going to fucking suck now. Like the, the, the piles of evidence that are accumulating against these people and the fact that like all they had on me was, uh, was pictures of me doing something that is, uh, whose legality is questionable and variable from state to state and on federal levels, uh, is astonishing to me because it's, it's just, it's, it's kind of sad, like to know that their whole, like their, Basing their their goal was for me to either kill myself or like uh, stop doing this thing I love, so they can profit from me. Like they can profit from all of my yeah, fucking, fucking parasites. Hard yeah, hard work and my my fucking effort and my risks and all this shit. And uh, so I, I, in spite of them, um, I I did the most ridiculous thing I've ever done in my life. And I am uh, I'm now actually in the middle of. Um, I'm not I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna say I'm like writing the fucking I'm like making the wheel or I'm writing like history here, but. Uh, I am taking a bootleg business and making it a legal operation, which was has not been done for like 80 years, uh, 75 years since prohibition of alcohol. Uh, I am actually attempting to do this with medicinal marijuana at this point. And uh, so far, so good. I don't know. I mean, like it's it's been about a month and uh, there's no nobody's knocking on my door yet. Uh, the laws have changed in the in the, the by the federal government. Their uh, definitions of what I what I sell is now that it is medicinal only and it is not recreational. That the to to provide total clarity because it's governed state by oh, yeah, state. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Where you currently reside, where your permanent yeah. residence is, and where the business operates out of, it's completely legal. Uh, it it is um, so. There's no medicinal. Yeah, medicinal. Yes. You know. um, I have a card that will allow me uh, x amount of plants, x amount of. So I, 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 within more than within my legal rights, and uh, this fall it will, I think, with like a ninety or eighty nine percent certainty, become recreational. Yeah. Um, so I just making sure that anybody who listens understands that you're not like in New Jersey, fucking, you know, selling vaporizer. Oh yeah, no, no, not, fucking, not growing crops of weed. Yeah, in Jersey not growing and, crops of yeah. weed in some fucking basement in Jersey where nope. you could do time for that shit, but that you live in a place on the other side of the country where this is wholly legal, acceptable, and it's a legitimate business. Yeah, and uh, actually the federal government, at the time that I was going through all this bullshit, uh, updated the their stance on this uh, these applications, these very specific uh, forms, derivatives of marijuana, um, which is uh, the ones that I sell, I guess. So somehow I, I uh, maybe it's foresight, maybe it's luck, or maybe it's just, uh, I, I don't know. I just, well, I made the conscious decision to only sell these liquid forms of cannabis and now that has become a, a okay thing to do by the federal government standards. Yeah. They no longer think of it as a felony. Uh, it is, it is basically just the state's decision to come and do whatever they want to do to prosecute me. If so, sure. you know, anyway, it still exists a very gray area, uh, for all of the dispensaries and medical marijuana, but it's, I feel like, like when people think of this, this stuff, like, uh, he's starting a weed business. They think I'm crazy. But if like Woody Harrelson goes to Hawaii and wants to invest $6 million in a weed business, He's just Woody Harrelson. He's just he's just doing right. it. Like Whoopi Goldberg opened a cannabis business. Whoopi is a genius. Jason Montag wants to open a fucking uh, wants to pay taxes on his weed vaporizer juice, and he's a lunatic. Like, I, honestly, I think that's I think that's a ridiculous standard. But maybe it's because I haven't started in Days and Confused or uh, I haven't been in like uh, I haven't been in some of these movies yet. So maybe my time will come. Who knows? Uh, but maybe it won't. But it's also considered like 
you know, and I'm not agreeing with it, but I think the perspective of people looks at it that way is like they're looking at an eccentric person doing something eccentric where they look at you and you're like, you're a, you know, a civilian doing this. What the fuck is he thinking? But, you know, compare it, just take, take one look at the places who've made it legal and all the legitimate businesses that have sprung up around it and the surplus of fucking revenue that they're generating. And it, it doesn't take a fucking genius to figure out that this is a legitimate business move in the direction to go. It's the direction we are going. Oh yeah. It's, um, I mean, prohibition of alcohol brought about much change in the United States. And I've, I've researched quite a bit of this and it, the, the similarities a are lot so of it bad. Yeah. A lot of it bad. Uh, but I mean, the similarities are, are so, uh, so insane. But the fact that, um, that liquor has zero medical applications, uh, kind of, kind of puts it in a different category all of its own. So, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, many people that I encounter, uh, strangers now, uh, that I have started to tell some of this story to, which it's, it's very much a work in progress and it's still, I mean, it's still happening, uh, as we speak. Um, they, they look at it as like a, a very noble thing to do. I mean, like strangers seem to take to it and think that it's like this awesome idea and it's great and they wish me luck. And the people that are close to me in my life are way more uh, cautious and apprehensive and think that I probably did lose my mind and may not have recovered it. And that I'm just doing it like, uh, as an asshole, like a, a childish move to like, uh, I really, I don't, I really don't know. Like I'm to not be like, look what I can do. Yeah. And I, I don't know how formulated their opinions were prior to this, prior to like me making the decision to start a legal weed business because of the things that were said, you know, or done, uh, or posted by other people to defame me or to make me look like, uh, some, some like uh, less than noble asshole or something. So where do things at the moment stand with your situation regarding the ex and the uh, midget identity thief? Oh, uh, so actually I, um, I made the decision about three weeks ago. Uh, it was time to come back and file the report and actually like go to the police station and, and get all this stuff together. I'd spent weeks and weeks and months, um, speaking with and dealing with fraud and investigations departments, uh, at any number of companies. And they are very, they are very few and limited, uh, fraud investigation, uh, uh, employees in these fucking places. So it's, it's really difficult to actually get a lot of their attention and, and take care of small things. But after weeks and months and, and phone calls and, um, standard mail letters and all this stuff, I finally have a, a lion's share of the documents that I would need, like the evidence that, points them, you know, paints them as the guilty uh, people they are, I Involved guess. Involved in right. criminal activity. Yeah, yeah. And the lawyer has basically said, like, uh, you just line your line your ducks up and that's it. I mean, that's how you, that's how you take care of it. So um, I've had to do a lot of the legwork and uh, it sucks. But now I, um, I decided a couple weeks ago to come back and do this. And then when I was getting ready to leave, actually physically leave Nevada and come back to New Jersey, I decided to uh, take my time and stroll across the country by backpacking uh, and stopping and seeing everybody and everything and every anything that's out there besides New Jersey or a police station that right. I stopped to enjoy on the way home. It took me about three weeks, uh, 3,000 miles, uh, three weeks, um, three cities I spent most of my time in, uh, Austin, Austin, New Orleans, uh, Atlanta. I mean, I was in LA. I, I was, I've been just kind of traveling anywhere but uh, New Jersey until this week. Uh, now I came back. I just kind of crashed and slept for a couple of days, and I find myself still needing to go to, to file this report, but, um, sure. Now doing so with a, a clear mind and a, a, a cleaner set of, uh, 
clothes and uh, <laughs> I guess I have to shave and stuff still, but you know, you get it, you get the point. Like I looked, pretty, you don't need to shave the file report. I looked pretty homeless. I looked you pretty, just groom. I looked like a, uh, I looked like a homeless straggler or like a, a vagabond, vagabond uh, for a while, I guess I, I would, I think it like discredits me a little bit. Um, Cause it's a pretty insane story to, to begin with as it is. Sure. So I need to like have whatever kind of like a, uh, whatever, positive uh whatever goodwill i have or i can possibly get i need on my side and uh being homeless is not probably yeah, the way to go. dress the part look the part yeah dress yeah. the part yep how do you uh how do you how do you feel now after fucking sharing your story with the world uh i, I don't know that's a good question i i don't think the story is over by any means sure when i like when i start to think of all the events and all the things that have happened to me in the last year um it becomes comical. Like it becomes like larger than life. And it's really hard for me to, to sit and grasp that it, it's, it's not, this is my life. Like literally this is just the, these are the I'm, things that happened to me. I'm glad you said that actually, because like one of the things just, you know, personally, when I talk about the shit that happened to me with the person who, you know, I, I guess it's considered identity theft because it was definitely stealing money using my credit cards and my bank account. Um, just certainly not to the fucking extent that you experienced it, but definitely to the extent that it's, you know, life, I'm still recovering from the financial damage that they fuck that this person caused. But, um, when I tell the story now, I, I laugh about it and people like look at me and they're like, how, how are you? Like, they don't believe I'm being <laughs> honest because they're like, how are you laughing? And I'm like, well, you have no choice. what the hell else can I do? Like, it's ridiculous. When you explain it, it's so ridiculous that I actually have to laugh. And with this much distance and perspective on it, it becomes something funny that if someone else was telling me, I'd probably like chuckle a little bit to myself anyway. So now I'm just laughing at myself about sort of being a victim and to say like, you can look at it and, I don't even remember how you put it like a minute ago that either you could find humor in it or, you know, it's just funny to talk about. Yeah. yeah. That's the kind of perspective that allows you to really like separate yourself from the situation and just fucking like, that's ultimately what fucking closure actually is being able to completely remove yourself. And I know it's not over yet, but it's a fucking giant step. I mean, in the sense, in that sense, I'm, uh, the fact that I'm here talking about this and actually in New Jersey and uh, not manically depressed or like staring at a wall or sleeping in a bed 24 yeah. seven is uh, is tremendous improvements. Like there was a time when I just didn't want to get out of bed for a week or two or three or whatever. And I did because I kept on working and I mean, I worked my ass off, uh, but I just I sunk myself into my work and um, I now have a lot more confidence because of that, because of my success in that, those avenues, uh, it's starting to translate into confidence in, in other, I guess, uh, aspects, except for the, except for the whole helping my penis friend find some lady vagina <laughs> friends. It's, it's, it's <laughs> like, a, I don't know, it's coming, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, uh, I, I feel like, um, someone hook our boy up. This, <laughs> this sounds, it sounds like, I don't want this to sound like pompous, but I feel like I have like a, a higher purpose or like a grander, purpose in the scheme of things like some larger goal that I've not yet reached or something I don't even know it exists sure. yet um and I'm not sure what it is but I feel like uh I feel like just seeking it out now is is helping me become a more sane individual and a more like worldly uh caring uh understanding person I've, right I mean it's um this whole situation has allowed me to physically be homeless for an evening in Las Vegas on the streets with people that have 
literally been, I mean, professional homeless people, the career homeless. They are right. haggard. They are living out of bags. And I was doing that, but uh, I mean, this was like one night and uh, one night of that has had so altered my perspective on life uh, that I, I could never hope to imagine like achieving that kind of like uh, that kind of insight from any other experience. And I would have never been homeless would it right. not have been for this ridiculous chain of events? Right. Um, I think that I, I now have a, a so I've, I've been reading this book, Walden, uh, by Henry David Thoreau. Yeah. It's, it's basically like um, uh, man is self. Like all you need is the self. Like you're, who you are is uh, what you do and the things that you build and the, the world that you create is what, you know, that is your life. That yeah. is life as it stands. And any like additional things, say like uh, tangible items, computers, TVs, all this stuff is like, it's, it's nice and it's a, it's a pleasant like distraction, but it's not, um, it's not life and it's not us and it's not who we are. Like what we define ourselves is not, uh, you know, we don't define ourselves by the things we have, but by the people we are. And I, I guess it's one thing to like say that and then another to actually start to begin to understand it. Right. And moving like a relocating my entire life. When I moved to Nevada, I had, I had a hundred dollars in my wallet. I had three bags of two and a half bags of clothes and a PlayStation four taking up the other half of that third bag. And uh, I had a box of some work belongings being uh, like a medium-sized postal box being shipped to me. And right. um, I, uh, I had one book. Like I had nothing else to do. I just read. I, um, I bettered myself. I started learning Spanish. Like I am a, a, a 3 or 4% fluent in Spanish now, according to Duolingo, the, the, <laughs> the, the language learning app. I, um, I started going to the gym. I started just like... Uh, donating money to charity that I didn't, I didn't have money to begin with. Literally I was re I was trying to like reestablish my financial situation and I realized there's people that need it more than I do. And like that, however shitty my life is, there's people that are infinitely, theirs are infinitely worse. And to dwell on these things for me, like, Oh, I lost, you know, I lost my fiance. There are a million fucking women out there that are beautiful. And hopefully some of them are Mets fans have nice asses and long legs and want to like, uh, explore and film themselves on some tape one day with me and not mentally. Oh yeah. Yeah. Insane, and, and not, you know, not, not, yeah. Not. Fucking stable. Yeah. 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 I mean, dream a dream, right? The stability. I would take like three out of those four, three out of the five, but the stability is like a, a key one. But, uh, I mean, you know, there's, there's so many other things to worry about in this life that the things I was like really getting upset about, like my identity is stolen. Can I still eat food every day? Yes. Like, have I been able to, to live in like, uh, put a roof over my head. Yes. Uh, for the most part, the roof over my head, like I'm able to, to sustain and, and live a productive life without all this bullshit in it. And, uh, it's a, just a perspective and a way of life. I really didn't, wouldn't have had access to if everything had like, uh, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Right. If this hadn't happened, this terrible tragedy, I probably would not have gained so much, uh, so much insight and so much, uh, perspective, perspective and knowledge and, and, uh, just a different outlook on life. It's like seeing things with new eyes uh, finding joy in the small things and all that bullshit. I would much rather just sit and listen to music and smoke a joint and stare at a fucking field of flowers than worry about like the nonsense that, uh, that is going on in my life at this point. Cause it's things you cannot control and all that nonsense. Um, sounds prophetic and it sounds pompous, but it, it, uh, I definitely am a better person today because of this, this tragedy and this bullshit. I would never tell them that in court or never give her the satisfaction of like knowing that, but I will enjoy the fuck out of my life and I will be sure to post some pictures publicly of me like, uh, you know, whatever I'm doing, whatever the success and happiness I have. Do you, do you wonder if getting the satisfaction of knowing that is almost fucking as much torment to the two of them as what they oh, <laughs> did I, to you? I know Like when is. you're like, yeah. I would never let them know that. 
Maybe you fucking do. Maybe that's the secret. Well, I think like, uh, so it, it actually started like anytime I would start to come out of like my depression, I would get, uh, I would post like something on Facebook or whatever that was not me hating my life for myself is when they would start to like uh, attack again, I guess, whatever it is. Right. Like that's when they would take over my account and put bullshit up or whatever. So, right. Um, I mean, it's really like, uh, I don't know. I almost like I'm, uh, I'm going to enjoy my life in spite of them because you know, you've taken everything away from me and I'm still standing and I'm still breathing and I'm, I mean, like, what else can you possibly take? So now it's my turn to actually fucking destroy them by just being happy and, like, living a good life and knowing that they, they sat there for months and gave it their all. They tried to, like, systematically tear apart my life and they, they succeeded in many aspects, but I'm still here. Like, you know, I'm still happy, healthy. Uh, I'm, like, in the best shape physically of my life, which I don't know what that says. Uh, I eat better. I, I like have more friends. I mean, I've, I've like, I have friends in cities that I'd never fucking visited before. And I have, uh, the identity theft and the, the, the evictions and all that shit to thank for it. Um, I also had the balls to, to, uh, just go for it and kind of take this, um, weed vaporizer thing to, uh, to the next level. I mean, like I would have never done that. It's not intangible to me, but I guess when you lose everything, you kind of stop caring about some things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you need something to fight for. Everyone needs something to fight for. And so if my cause was or is cannabis and weed, it was enough to like get me through that shitty, terrible time. And I would happily serve some jail time for, for, uh, the public's or the government's misconception and their bullshit laws and their bullshit classifications of, uh, of it. If I knew that it would serve like a grander cause, if I was like the catalyst for change and, uh, in the time that all this has happened, actually, I mean, maybe it's coincidental, but prohibition has begun taking hold, like an ending, like it's the prohibition era of marijuana is coming to a close now. Like everybody, I mean, the decriminalization uh, per state and the medical marijuana, like uh, uh, um, adding the medical marijuana to, to the states, you know, uh, has never been so fucking like booming, I guess, in this time. It's, it's now is like the change, I guess. So yeah. maybe it's like, maybe it's just a good timing and it's, it's a purpose, uh, uh, the, um, the, perfect storm or like perfect clusterfuck of shit that's gonna allow me to like come out as this shiny turd of gold or something yeah well it's like the the turmoil of your own personal life is also coinciding with these like recent developments in you know be that state and federal laws and stuff like that sure sure in a very convenient manner for you you know and like yeah like you said you know like it could just be coincidence but in the end like you'll come out ahead yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, um, you know, it's, I, I wouldn't be the first person to be arrested for weed and I won't be the last, maybe I will, who knows. Um, but I know that I'm not harming anybody. Like I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm only doing good for the community. I'm, I mean, like, I'm, a, I'm a productive member of society. I pay taxes. I, I help people. I mean, like, uh, I'm not, I'm not selling or, uh, distributing an illicit or a, or I'm sorry, a habit forming or a narcotic or something that's going to destroy people's lives. Uh, it is, is easily the safest the safest drug that you can probably have. And, uh, and it's at the right time, I guess. Um, so yeah, I, it's, it's kind of given me, uh, a means to just go for it. It just given me a reason to just say, fuck it and go for it. Losing my entire life has, uh, given me a brand new life. And, you know, I'm now have like a, a lot more perspective, a lot more insight and a lot more, uh, uh, past history to, to avoid certain things going forward on my new life now, my new lease on life, I guess. It's honestly, it's not terrible. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm super not looking forward to fucking going and sitting and having to uh, rehash this, not on the internet radio in front of an actual cop with 
my lawyer there and all this <laughs> other stuff because then it's much more uh, well and then still there's even like even past that is the actual trial itself and oh yeah i mean this could ser- this right. could still be another solid two or three years yeah this could get bullshit. dragged out for a long fucking time we we'll definitely have to have you back on sometime for a recap yeah i uh i plan to uh, in about two weeks i'm going to be taking off and and reconvening my backpacking adventures um for the next month or two or rest of the summer who knows uh it's it's been the most positive beneficial inspiring thing i've ever i've ever done before just like traveling to cities i've never seen and fucking distributing granola bars and peanut butter sandwiches to homeless people has uh given me this like little peace of mind that i've never had before and I now believe that I actually would donate half of that million dollars. If I make a million dollars, like that first million, I feel full on that I would, I would actually put it to, to some good use. Whereas before I may have just kept it for myself and, and kind of like uh, been, I don't know, much more uh, dickhead about it. I think if I ever like actually find success now, I'm humble enough to, to recognize it and to actually do good with it. And these are things I, again, like perspective or, or uh, traits I might not have had two years ago or a year ago. Um, I'm always in need of more money if you, if you want. I just want <laughs> oh, to put I mean, it this way. <laughs> I, uh, no, believe me, I am too. Uh, I, I've had to stop working while I was, while I was backpacking because it's quite difficult to run a, a, a nationwide distribution chain where I'm producing. I am the producer, the distributor. Allegedly. Allegedly. The marketer. The, uh, I am the entire company. And doing that from a backpack in hotels and on people's couches, it's, it's a challenge. But I enjoy challenges. And uh, I've persevered through worse. So... You know, it's only a couple months. Let's see what happens at the end of the summer. I'm pretty excited, actually. Yeah, I mean, well, it's like, and that's the thing, like, it, it is true, and I know it's cliche, but it's like, you know, once you hit the bottom, there really is no place to go but up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the people that I, the people that mean the most to me are the ones that, that stuck through and, and didn't buy into all the bullshit and didn't think, I didn't, like, believe that I had fallen off and gone back to drinking and all this stuff, and those people, I mean, I, I, I write people off at a breakneck pace anymore. Like, uh, it, you know, it doesn't take a lot for me to be able to, or to like, to, to just write you off and disappear you from my life. Like, I don't really, I don't really see a lot of reason or need for second or third chances. Like if they, if they're going to sit there and question my sanity or my, uh, my, like my, whatever it is, my, uh, my business, my way of life, um, pretty much they can go fuck themselves and uh, if they disagree with it I mean I, I just I literally don't care anymore it's reached a point where like I will happily walk around with my middle fingers flying in the in the air all day long uh, and then stop and shake like you know good people that actually you know, I would happily help people along the way with that same middle finger but uh, it, it's given me a tremendous chip on my shoulder a tremendous like uh, fuck you to the world basically that's just that I didn't have that kind of a point of, that, that like uh, that uh, fire in my belly before that exists too, along with all the charitable shit. I mean, it's sure. It, it it's a gift and a curse, I guess. Everything that's come, but it's it's definitely made me a new man. Uh, I am very much, very fucking different than what I used to be. This is a, it's revelatory shit, man. Well, I guess uh, before we cut off, is there anything you'd want to plug or? Uh yeah, sure. Actually, um, you can you can uh, legally purchase my uh, cannabis infused lip balms and some t-shirts uh, at cannasciences.co. C A N N A S C I E N C E S dot C O. No M because you know those M's are old school. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. Otherwise, I'm gonna just. Uh, and what's available on the site? Uh, lip balm. T H chapstick, which is my T H C uh, lip balm. It is cannabis infused lip balm. So there's two uh, flavors we have now: Restorange and Eucalyptus. 
Eucalyptus, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's cute. I had a lot of time on my hands, man. <laughs> I had a lot of time <laughs> on my hands. Uh, I also, um, so this, this is going to get ridiculous. I'm just going to mention this because I feel like it's necessary. I somehow wrote like a, an entire, like a spoken word hip hop album unrelated to this, but this was, this was my, this was my actual, like, like deaf poetry or uh... yeah. And like, instead of violence, <laughs> like when you said, how did you not like rip his head off? Sure. I started writing like, yeah, like a uh, poetry that w- had violent imagery, a lot of it. And uh, that was my release. So maybe at some point, like this is, what is it? Uh, today's June 3rd or 4th or something. There, there's an outside chance, like a year from now, I could be like the white nerdy Kanye West, I guess, of like vaporizing. <laughs> like I'm gonna, if if everything goes well, I I would potentially have an album, a weed vaporizing company, and uh, uh, a comic book cartoon uh, vaporizing crime fighter strip thing launch at once. Uh, that is an optimistic side of everything. That that is, I mean, I mean, clearly, I need to learn how to. No, I guess I don't need to learn how to rap, but I need to like find my my groove there. Right now, it's just it's just poetry, but uh, yeah, I think I think like nothing can really stop me. I mean, like uh, however cocky that sounds, I feel like you know either be with me or be the fuck against me because I'm gonna I wanna I wanna fucking like uh, tear now. I just wanna wanna take over everything in a positive way though, like Robin Hood. <laughs> so. uh Closing out before we shut this thing down. This is obviously a show that took a very different tone than a normal one, but I, I, I wanted to give you the opportunity to put this out there. Oh yeah, and, and fucking, you know, like I said, having known each other for almost thirty years and talking earlier about how many different fucking versions you view, I've known. I, this is by far the fucking best one. You're a, you're a different person now than you were fucking six months ago. Well, going through actually, this that's shit, a. So. That's quite a compliment coming from you. So thank you. I, uh, it's good to hear, especially because so many people think much the opposite, right? At least right now. But I feel like that will change when court comes and all this other stuff starts to come to light. I'll uh, stab all those motherfuckers. The good thing is, <laughs> the good thing is, I know like who I now know who my real friends are. I guess in life, like yeah. uh, the people that have stood by me through this are the ones that actually give a fuck and are actually friends. Like it's it's a it was a very fine line in the sand that this this whole thing had drawn in my life. So uh, I'm grateful for that. That's super fucking cool. Just black and white. Much Thanks. respect to the listeners who are first coming into this show. Their introduction to the show is this episode. God bless them if they make it to the second one. I mean, the next one. Uh, this is this was probably a little bit of a downer, but uh, thanks for listening at least. I don't right. think it's a downer at all. I think it's yeah. an upper. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I it's, guess it's, it's fucking crazy and it has a positive turn. And next week end, we'll so. be talking about common vaginas and <laughs> eating babies and it'll be all back to normal. Yeah, it'll be the same shit as normal. That's what we do, ups and downs. Does radio on the internet, uh, does internet radio podcast, do they, have, do they have telephone calls? Can I call in from like a fucking... I do not know how to do that, but it can be done. The internet is, is a is a beautiful thing, man. It's a terrible, beautiful, and scary thing. It is. All of those things at once. Actually, the last thing I'd like to plug is anything but Google. Uh, to, <laughs> to, to really, like, seriously tell people to fucking fragment their services up. Like, do not let Google control all of your uh, information. You got you to gotta stop relying on all that Google shit and change it up a little bit, man. Uh, it's scary the amount of data they have on you. And it can take over, it can take over your fucking life in a heartbeat by your Google account alone. So, uh... Yeah, fuck Google and uh, go cyanogen mod. Woo. All right, fuck Google. We'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.